Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rents, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Yeah, I'm officially sick of starting every pod talking about COVID, but it's it's necessary. I think it is, unfortunately, as games are postponed. I've been, I've had a Matt Shoemaker start queued up for me. It's for really so many days. I think it's really the most frustrating has got to be when it's not when the player is on the team that's not at fault, right? Yeah, like the Angels are fine, just sitting there. Are fine. Just They're sitting just there. sitting there. I, I have a. Do you think that these games are ever going to get made up? We're talking about the Twins Angels series, right? So the Twins are not going back to Anaheim this year. <laughs> so, are these games going to get made up? That is a good question. I don't know. The piece that I haven't gotten my head around because I haven't actually watched one is looking at the stats for a team that I know had a doubleheader and being like, how did they? How do you only get seven at bats in a double, in a double header, and being like, oh wow, I, I guess that's just the way it works. For me, I think it's more that I freak out when the when my closer goes in in the seventh inning. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are they doing? What are you doing? Hey, get him out of there! <laughs> like, oh no, 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 no! It's gonna get the save. Uh, yeah, I think I I keep wondering if there's a way to beautifully game the system where. You know, in a in a daily league where you can actually get even more innings because there's so many double headers this year, mm-hmm. that you can get even more plate appearances by by rotating guys in and out. And I've been thinking about this for for two weeks now, and it's it hasn't worked once for me. Basically, I just keep missing. <laughs> the in PAs. theory, you, in theory, you could, but I don't think that it's worthwhile to try to game try to game the system. But back to the back to the matter at hand. I mean, are we are we are we turning a corner, or is this? Are we going to be dealing with these COVID concerns all year, where series are just going to get canceled, and there's a, I would say, greater than fifty percent chance it doesn't get made up. I don't think that it's a concern all year. I bet you that this is going to be a concern through June, but then I think that it's going to lessen down, and that I and I think that's MLB's hope. If they really wanted that they, they would have a regular kind of, oh, well, it's got rained out, et cetera, we'll make those games up, even though it's like a whole series. Yeah. And then here we go with the double header thing. What they're trying to do is make sure that that's of a less uh, less arduous for the players when they have to make up two games of a three game series. But I don't I think that it I think that it will be a real problem through June and then It'll lessen, and hopefully they'll figure it out to the point where they can make up games in July and August. I'm hopeful that we're going to talk about it less and less, and the cancellations and guys randomly on the IL is going to go down. But right now, I think serious problem. I think that we will. I think that we always knew that April was going to be a slug. Do you want to talk about Rodon's no-hitter? Two weeks in a row talking about a no-hitter from a guy that we had left for dead. 
Yeah, right. Not left for dead, but always sort of liked, but wasn't really there. You, this guy you, a little bit further down. You said the entire story. I mean, that, that's every. You just said everything I wanted to say, right? This is the guy that that we liked. Maybe could have put something together. Nice to see him get a no hitter. Nice that the only reason it's not a perfect game is because he hit a guy. Yeah, he's always been a guy that's been around, and you like see his name, and you're like, ooh, I wonder where he's gonna go in the draft. Yeah, it's exactly. Not gonna be on my team. Or, or for a couple of years, it was like, oh, there's uh, Carlos Rodon's on the waiver wire. Like, is he gonna have? Is he facing favorable matchups this week? Like, oh, I should definitely I pick know. him up, right? And then I love that. I love players like that who you, you, you kind of like so familiar with his work because <laughs> you've seen him on the waiver wire so much. <laughs> there is there is a certain class of player that is exactly like that, right? Like, I'm more familiar with this player because he's right on the bubble <laughs> as than I am for, for the last place, for the worst guy who's been owned in your league the whole time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know anything about, I don't even know anything about this guy that's just been buried deep on this other dude's team. <laughs> but I do know something about Carlos Rodon because I had to look at him eight times last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looked at his name every time I looked at the waiver wire. Well, we'll see if he... Uh... If he goes back to normal, or what ends up happening? One piece of fantasy news that I would like to talk about. Have you? Did you read any stories? See anything about this? The the budget for Amazon's Lord of the Rings series was released this week or reported this week. I had not. Four hundred and sixty-five million for the series, and just to give you a sense of what that is, it's Holy it's a hundred million, a hundred million per series for Game of Thrones. So they're spending more than four times as much money as Game of Thrones spent per season. What? That's for the season? They're not doing like three in a row or something like that? I believe that that is, that they're quoting that as just for the series, just for this one season. I'm not sure how much they're going to get out of that. For, for context, for more context... The Hobbit trilogy, the whole Hobbit trilogy, cost six hundred and twenty-three million. I mean, they're basically they're basically just filming movies, right? So if they get twelve hours of filming out of this, then which is what they got for the Hobbit, they should consider this uh-huh. a deal, right? <laughs> it's two hundred million yeah. less. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Holy, <sighs> wow, wowie, wow, 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 wow. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to think about that. This is like this is going to be a bust. This is going to be a bust. I don't know that I've ever been more. So you're, say, you're saying diet. your theory is it's too much money. Yeah. The rest of the article was talking about how the um, the Tolkien estate put forced them into the, the second age because, like, no canon can change. You can add people, but the boundaries are have been set. It's in the second age? It's in the second I thought age. it was Aragorn. No, it's second age. What? Yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was the Aragorn series. Nope, second age. What the shit? Okay, fine. I'm I'm like totally, I'm out of it for a little while, and everyone's getting delusions of grandeur. Yeah, the series will take place during Tolkien's Second Age of Middle Earth. According to Tolkien's scholar and consultant, Tolkien's estate refused Amazon permission <laughs> to film anything other than the Second Age, so as not to alter the history of the more fleshed out Third Age. But isn't the Third Age not really that fleshed out? Outside of the like thirty year, the sixty year period of the Hobbit. Exactly. Very no, no, no. This is this is the whole thing. I mean, this is this is in uh, Christopher Tolkien, Christopher Tolkien's points, right? And Baron and Luthien, like yeah. you can see, General Tolkien didn't really want to write about the Third Age, but you know, turned out to be the moneymaker, so <laughs> he stuck. He especially didn't want to talk about the Third Age, right? And was like, only 
moderately interested in sketching out the second age. Exactly. So he wrote, you know, he wrote just enough for those 60 years to make the money, you know, cash those checks, and that's it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, right. 465 million for just very little IP series. I am very nervous. Very nervous. Okay. Trouble in TGFBI. We have to talk about it. We need to yep, figure out it. what is what we're going to do because my theory has just been my theory for the case so far has just been to stay the course and that is turning out to be extremely dangerous. Wow. What has happened to your team? Um well, there's definitely some severe underperformance. <laughs> wow. Wow. We are we're currently sitting at 335 yours truly and 425 for Mr. Peterson and that is a feat out of 435. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible for me to end up there in the sense that that's in dead zone territory, right? Because 10% of the teams are going to die off. So if you end up in the bottom 40 and you actually paid attention for, you know, any fraction of the year, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I made our traditional metrics here, which is... Your first, I'm second. Uh, your first, I'm second. Oh, really? Wow. How do I have that many more at-bats than you? I've been feeling like I'm not getting at-bats. One of my guys retired, apparently. <laughs> I did love that. Um, I Yeah, I'm just getting, I'm getting absolutely rocked in at-bats. And we have pointed out that, you know, if you're not getting at-bats, it's, it's kind of over. And I'm seeing that right now. So the only thing that I can do, the main thing that I can do to right the ship is just get at-bats. Get at bats. You need to get at bats. <clears throat> I have the same thing. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting, I am getting unlucky. It hurts when obviously your first round pick is out, is a dead lineup spot for you for a week because they didn't decide to put him on the IL, Christian Yelich, until yesterday. Mm. <laughs> and, Helpful. Yeah. Retroactively like, on the IL really helps. Yeah. But, but they, they obviously, I mean, to their, in their defense, they obviously didn't think they were going to have to put him on the IL because, they they made it out of the period that you could possibly go retroactive. Mm -hmm. So they really shot themselves in the foot, like, even worse. Anyway, it hurts me really bad. But the key, the key problem here is that the at-bats are depressing my home run total. I am no longer dead last in home runs, but I am pretty <laughs> damn close. Wow. That is pretty low. You cannot be... Home runs, as we've discussed before, and as I showed you in a plot, home runs correlates with the other hitting statistics, obviously. So if you're down in home runs, it is over. <laughs> it's over for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're basically showing, you're, you're basically, you're kind of showing that. Well, I am, what's, if, you, if you're thinking about this accuracy versus precision kind of way, all of my numbers are trending at the, to, together. They're all trending together, and that's low, but in the similar kind of vein, which to me it says if I was to increase my at-bats and was to have some regression to the mean on average, I'd feel pretty good about it. My bigger concern with yours is just how low on RBIs and home runs you are I know. compared to your other stats. 
Whereas I have stolen bases might be a little bit lower than everybody else, all my other stats. But really, I increase my at-bats and my average regresses to the mean, which I have some guys that are underproducing yeah. in, in ways that they shouldn't. So I keep on looking. Each Sunday, I look at my team, and I'm like, you know what? Actually, if if we have some regression to the mean, and even Yastrzemski is at 238 right now, and that was like a 50-point yeah. improvement. And that was huge. But like a lot of my guys, Carlos Correa, Austin Riley, Hanna Doja, like if we could get these guys regressing to the mean, I feel like I'm I'm in a good place. But I'm looking at yours and I'm I'm a little bit more concerned that there is something more more than just regressing to the mean to get you across the finish line. Yeah, so i I mean Yes, I think I think that's right. I, I I mean there is some serious regression to the mean that needs to happen. For for guys, I mean, obviously, I need I need Yelich to actually do something. Donaldson being out, um, Kyle Lewis being out, like just guys that I a bunch of guys that I invested in on some level. Um, Lindor has not woken up yet. I mean, there's just like a bunch of stuff that is going wrong for my team. But the the at bats problem. I mean, so I think the at bats thing is is the real real underlying big problem here. For me, I mean, this is this isn't going to be a two twenty five team. I didn't build a two twenty five team. They should be better than that. So there's obviously some regression to happen. Oh, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sitting in about the same spot, and there's no way that that's the average that they're going to get. I also made a big. I mean, to to compare between the two, I made a big investment in closers because I have both Kenley Jansen and Araldis Chapman, and they have successfully only banded together for five saves so far. It's wild. So the fact that I'm not much further up the save chart is really like my pitching should have carried me a little bit more. <laughs> it's just not right. Which is, well, that's my pitching is pretty good. I agree. I I mean, my pitching is pretty good above average. Look at your ear and whip. <laughs> they're pretty down there for me actually having not being totally in the tail on innings pitched. Um, and that's like three Madison Bumgarners. That's taking three Madison Bumgarner starts on the chin. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> your your saves, you're not that far ahead of me, and I had to not invest the same amount of draft capital. Though I guess I have Hater and Chapman, right? But I mean, I have a I have a four point four point three ERA overall ERA and a one point four WHIP. I mean, I just have like. Like you can't get down to four twenty five team number four twenty five without both sides being bad, <laughs> right? Right, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that right now. I mean, both sides are desperately bad, and it's I the Ks are fine. Like the K rate per per inning pitched is totally acceptable for TGFBI. Well, yeah, but you can't have acceptable. You need to have great. I would set honestly right now. I would settle for acceptable. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm feeling really good about my pitching. Um, no, you should. I think your pitching is on track. It's doing it's it's doing what it said on the tin, what you want it to do. You know, but I had the same problem last year that you're having on on this. Like the saves just aren't piling up. But then I had that guy had Kirby Yates who just didn't yeah. play, and I drafted him and it was just total hole. I think that Chapman is going to turn around. I think the Yankees are going to turn. The Yankees just aren't in the position to win no that that is very true and i, I even have i even have stefan Crichton too so in theory 
have a backup save option also. It's just nothing. I mean, basically everything that I theorized heading into the season, none of it has come to pass correctly. Mm. Blake Snell mm. and Jose Barrios are not aces, right? When when Blake Snell didn't make it out of the first inning last week, obviously that hurts your TGFBI team. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. So, I, I mean, the problem with TGFBI is that these are big ships that are hard to turn. So the, the acute question of, well, what do you actually do? Like, what am I actually going to do to change this team? And I will tell you right now that with my pickups, I decided to do nothing on the pitching side. I'm just going to ride that out. I think that's a good. I think that's good. Focus on the hitting. You and I both need to focus on hitting. Get those ships sailing in the right direction. So I invested in Corey Dickerson. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Corey Dickerson. Let me let me give you the theory. Corey Dickerson is the the guy with the most at, who's had the most at bats so far this year. Who was available on the waiver wire in my league, and he actually is consistently leading off in Miami. Okay. All right. Well, that is a place where he is going to play both sides of a platoon. Yep. I also... And you're just going to take it on the chin when it's the wrong side of the platoon. That's fine. Bingo. I'm just going to accept that. I also picked up Adam Duvall. <laughs> oh, that's good. I thought... I like that. I thought... How much did you spend on him? This is a Adam Duvall, 15. I had to spend so... I And I still lost out on guys that I wanted to get. Um, that's good. And my other change this week, let's see, I added somebody. Oh, I switched, I switched out catchers because of whatever's going on in Houston. That's, that works. So my, so there we go. I just told you what I'm going to do. I guess next week I'll tell you, I spent 82 on Corey Dickerson. The runner up was 46. So it wasn't the worst overspend that I could have had. I think that about brings us to the review session. Adalberto Mondesi. Well, this is a little anticlimactic in that we have no 2021 to watch for him. I know. I was like, ah, uh, I what game am I going to go watch for Adalberto Mondesi? And it's like, not one this year. Oblique strength. Speaking of which, speaking of which, wore a mask in some of the games last year. So, oh, big props. Good for him. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oblique strain. Don't I? I don't like that. That's one of those where it's uh, it's a lingering issue, especially if you're a speedster who relies on, you know, every every piece of your body feeling okay. Yes, but that is more of a it's more of a hitter problem than a running problem. Yeah, but he's got to get on base. <laughs> Yes, that is that is the bigger concern, and he's someone who has historically um, uh, not for for the kind of player that he is. He hasn't been his on base percentage has not been as high as it should be. That's right. So let, let me give you highest three oh six. I mean, I know. On, let dude. me give you the stats here. He is he's twenty five, which is I think the major reason that he's being drafted number twenty five overall this year. Uh, big stat in, 25 years old in 2020 he played in 59 games so one might have had a reasonable expectation of durability from him 
because uh, that's that's a lot of games, obviously, for last year, right? 33 runs, 22 RBIs, only six home runs, but he's got 24 stolen bases in 24. that 24. 24 stolen it. bases in 59 games. And a 256 average, so you're not worried about him going the way of Billy Hamilton, but obviously you would like hey, that OBP to be higher than 294. That's not 294, good. 294, man, come on. So get a walk i actually had a a key question here from staring at the lineup analysis for kansas city where is he gonna bat in this order is he gonna lead off yes absolutely so they drop wit down one and they drop andrew benintendi down to six five or six i think that's as likely as anything okay i like a i like the double steal opportunity with uh merrifield and mondesi i mean it's it's something that gets you to a 400 win percentage over the course of a year <laughs> uh so i mean what what is there what is there really to say about Mondesi? i actually thought that he was more durable than this oh i what's f- historically i didn't and then last year tricked me so i was like okay no he's gonna be able to get in there for a tim anderson-esque season and i don't even know if he's gonna be able to do that over under Games played for Adalberto Mondesi this year versus Tim Anderson. Oh, I'm taking Tim Anderson over Adalberto Mondesi. I mean, he's got he's got a ten game head start on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that might be all the games he plays. I yeah, but... no, no. T- Tim Anderson will get to his 110 games yes, this season. Nope that that is true. So I'm looking at I'm looking at his at his trips to the DL. He had a big trip to the DL in 2019 where he missed basically 60 games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at, so yes, injury risk, etc. But when you look at him, you're like, you know what? That's a guy that seems like he's sturdy. No, because he, he doesn't look like Byron Buxton, right? Where Because no. you see Byron Buxton, you're like, ooh, that guy's a waif. Like, that's not good. Yeah. But you look at Adalberto Montesi... And you don't think that. You think, okay, nope, You're that's like a just a decently a, sized guy. It's just a, the right size baseball player, and it's pretty fun that he's stealing that much. Things that I don't love, the only, basically, there's only a couple red points on his savant chart, right? He hits mm-hmm. hard. He, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not making a lot of outs above average, and he runs fast. But everything else is worrisome. Yeah. He does not walk. He strikes out a ton. No. He whiffs yep. a lot. He whiffs a yeah. lot, a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, and he and he doesn't hit. He does his hard hit percentage is low, which means that he coupled with his whiffs, basically he only when he hits it, he hits hard. But apart from that, it's not good. He he's a guy that everybody was talking about, and then his, I feel like he's going to be off of the radar. Nobody's going to talk about him in like two or three years. So. This, I feel like I've been building a case this whole time so far. Why, why, why were people drafting him 25 overall? Because of potential. This is in a league that doesn't get stolen bases anymore. He is the potential to get, to steal them in just buckets. Two a week, right? Is probably what you're, is probably what you're hoping for. Because he was going to bat first or second. He was going to get a lot of runs. He's going to get a lot of stolen bases. And if he gets it to, I mean, if he's elite, if he's able to hit 270 again. 
So you're saying that... In the Billy Hamilton theory. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, every that's the whole thing about the speedsters, right? It's the, it's always It always comes back to the Billy Hamilton theory. Like, you got to yeah. get on base <laughs> or it's not going to go well. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And yeah. he's, I mean, he's legging out triples, which is awesome. Love that. But he's got to hit. Oh, yeah. He looks great when he's on the bases. I mean, oh. similar to Billy Hamilton. So he, be- he looks yeah, great. They they belong on the bases, but man, do they have trouble getting to the bases. Just be a pinch runner, you know? That's the Terrence Gore, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. But I, my point is just that if you're in, if investing pick number 25 in him, that's so expensive for those stolen bases. And now that we've talked about the, now that I've actually looked at his durability, it feels really concerning. A hundred percent agree. I mean, he is total. He is a, he is a flatulent fella. That is my, you know, that's my team name in, in fantasy baseball. He is a, he's a fella to the core. And there's no way that I would have picked him at the spot there. He was going. <laughs> And that's been the same same case the last three years. He's been so hyped up, and I just have not wanted to get him for the reason that came to pass, which is he got hurt. Yeah, and it's not even I. The the worst part is that his timetable isn't even one hundred percent clear right now. Like he's a guy who the worst part about him to me about his injury risk is that he's a guy where everything lingers. He's got these he's got these injuries that just can go for a long time. Yeah, would you trade for him? What would have to be, because being on the IL right now is sort of valuable to someone who didn't draft him as like, well, I mean, I could, I'll take an IL stash for, the question is who? Yeah, but would you, would you IL stash trade him for the guys near him in this list? I mean, we're going to talk about Corey Seager next week. Oh, no, not the ones near him. I would trade, I mean, Tim Anderson is swapping out. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but Tim Anderson. Okay. Let's just take. All, I don't, no, let's just take I don't all even of know if I would do. No, what I'm saying is, I don't even know if I would do it for Tim oh, Anderson. I, right? Because I mean, I'd have to go down to like, I mean, Marcus Semyon. I might, I might do that. I mean, be like, okay, I'll but, take. But that's thirty spots later. That's right that's now. Thirty spots later. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's three good rounds of of standard drafting later. I I know that's my point. Do you think that he would have gone this high if? the draft had been closer to opening day? No. Okay. Because when did he get hurt? I think, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty late March. Yeah. But he, uh, they send him out on rehab assignments before they activate him, so we should have notice. <laughs> we'll know. We'll know. Uh, I just, yeah, don't love it. So if you have two shortstops and one of them is overproducing, I would consider <laughs> trading the one that's overproducing for Alberto Mondesi, but you're, we're talking in the like Jorge Polanco, certainly kind of certainly Paul DeJong. If you didn't draft any steals, this is a reasonable well. stash, right? This is the time to buy him because he's still gonna, oh, yeah. he's still going to get steals when he plays. TGFBI, if TGFBI had trades, yeah, yeah. like I would do that in a second. Yeah, I would mortgage some of my current my current whatever for that no i think i think that's the right call but all right so who are we doing next week next up Corey seager time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook 
Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too.